Good. Hi, Blaze. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Blaze? <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Thank you for bringing peanut M&Ms and beer. Hell we yeah, brought man. beer this time. Good job. Listen, what, what what do we have last time? Last time was just M&Ms, right? Or we had and beer, beer and wine. I always have beer and wine here. Come on. Yeah, you do. And you do. the bourbon cabinet, which you can't see in there. You can't, you can't see it, but it's there. But I don't even drink from it, so... Don't matter. Coolio. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, good and bad because I took notes on this one and um, <clears throat> because, well, for the audience, we, I don't know, should we, we did an, an, a pair again for this episode, but we're probably we going to be talking about more about the first one than so the second. I made a mistake. So this, this whole, the whole idea was, I came up with this idea that... Eyes Wide Shut, mm-hmm. and um, You Were Never Really you Here. You Were Never Really Here, that these two films were ahead of, way ahead of their time in dealing with sex trafficking. Yes, because I, I think we, that's what we were talking about. It was right. after a podcast, after we, we had finished right. recording. But I came up with the idea that these two are definitely... Right. We're ahead of their time. And we were, we were talking about Stanley Kubrick, first of all. And then we got in this big, long conversation about that. And then I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this is like blah, blah, blah. And w- w- the, the problem is we kind of switched things up. You were going to do – or you thought we were going to do um, – You were never really you were never here. You really here. And I thought we were going to do Eyes – uh, eyes wide shut and then go into that uh and then we said we'll do both and then i watched both of them again and i realized that i really don't want to i don't want to spend a lot of time talking about eyes wide shut because <sighs> i kind of do i think it's a piece of garbage and i don't even believe yeah. that stanley kubrick really I, edited it i know what all the stories say that he did and he, he said but this i I'm, fun i've fact. never seen this crappy um it was bad man it was really bad it, it was, was bad. bad uh moving uh, scene to scene uh it was like mise en scene everything was bad so so for our audience i don't know if, i mean some people might have, i mean it's kubrick i feel like a large amount of people might have seen it long story short it's a two and a half hour movie and like the first hour is a bunch of just like you could have cut that down to like twenty minutes. Well, I, I didn't mind the content. It's just it's bad acting. The the two main actors are the worst, and everybody else is pretty decent. But I I don't even want to I don't even want to waste time on. I don't feel like okay. it was okay. a Stanley Kubrick piece. We'll bring it back in on the on the back end. Okay, if okay. if it's appropriate. But anyway, the idea about this was. These two films were ahead of their time, and they were talking about sex trafficking. And yes. everybody knows that the stories about Eyes Wide Shut and the, the conspiracy or not conspiracy, because I'm not sure that that it is conspiracy. But I mean, listen, I'm just saying we went through the whole Me Too movement. What's not, that? What's that got to do with well, sex I'm just, trafficking? Well, I'm just saying, man, I fucking had a sex casting couch in Hollywood. Right. So yes. how far oh, detaches yeah, yeah. that from sex trafficking? No, it's not. It's, it's not like, at all. No, I got you. I got you. I didn't. I didn't understand your connection. I was like, "What the?" F- yeah. I mean, it happened. It is a real thing, and it happens. I'm just connecting it to the entertainment yeah. industry. And so, and I don't want to spend 
yeah, a whole lot of time even talking about the sex trafficking. Yeah. But it it does exist, and it's kind of interesting. And this film, uh, you were never really here, was completed in two thousand and seventeen. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of freaking scary similarities to Epstein, um, the apartment building in New York City, etc. And this was done in 2017, and he was arrested the second time in 2019. So I feel like that kind of side content is way ahead of its time, and, and possibly a film that not possibly i think it is another film that is introducing um something that needs to to be changed that is making the public in general aware of something that that might not be and again this is not a political show no we don't give a shit about that but these kind of aspects they're pretty they're pretty important in and of themselves yeah um and we're not going to like disregard it but so that, it, it it was if you want to put it in that context, it was political messaging done right, in my opinion. But it, through yes, storytelling, yeah. it wasn't if, like if it's even a messaging. Because go it, ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's um, I mean, I kind of took it that way um, because again, they're not like, hey, here's this conspiracy theory about se-. like sex trafficking is a real thing that's happening in the world, right? And they're addressing they're it, but they're not like. Here's our story, but we're going to spoon feed you like sex yeah, trafficking stuff. Like, it, it was very generically done, interwoven within the story. Well, it's the whole... But it's the premise. The, of the focus is the story and right. sticking to the importance of the story and making a story work. And secondary is... Um, right. Exposing yeah. the public to yeah. this if it, if, if it comes out. But and, it's... And that's what you want. You want an incredible exactly. story that people will put two and two together if they if they need to or if that's the purpose or what have you. Right. Um, yeah. And so we, we can start there. Yeah. Well, before we do, I was, I was actually going to say I love those moments when you're watching a movie and then you have that afterthought afterwards where you're like, oh my God. Like, it opens up a bigger picture. Okay. I, I, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, you watch this movie and it's like, yeah, like I enjoy this movie. And then you start to think about it. And it's like, oh my God, they like they were talking about like real life shit. Yeah. Like, woof. And like, senators. It's so much more. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The trading, et cetera. Um, yeah. So let, can I, let me start by Go saying this. This film, You Were Never Really Here, is a film that made me excited about filmmaking again it is so well done the editing is perfection the soundtrack and sound is perfection the story and what they're showing and what what is being revealed in the time that it's being revealed and the way they do it with the filmic techniques the shots etc is fucking brilliant would you agree with that or you think i would but here's my take on it like again i Love the story. Uh, I love, you know, once the context and, and what, you know, what the subject matter it was touching upon. Um, but like as I, like I was telling you, and you said not to take them too seriously, so I watched that on Amazon Prime or whatever. 
And every time you pause the screen, little yeah, little blurps come up about you know which actors in this scene, and then a little like right. snippet about the movie or maybe about the scene if there's anything to tell about it. Yeah. And one of the things that came up is like it when it premiered at the I don't even Cannes Festival. Cannes. Cannes. That's my bad. Um, it got like supposedly a seven minute standing ovation, and I was like, I don't. No, if I, I would give it a seven minute standing ovation, which the then fuck you would listen. I would. I I enjoyed the movie, but I, I don't know if I enjoyed it that much. Maybe they did it because of, again, maybe the subject matter that somebody was finally. I don't think it's about subject matter. I think or it's how maybe solid. This is done. I mean, it's a solid movie, but I, I don't know if I would. I don't know. That's cool. Fair I enough. Don't know. And that's that's what, like, my take on it. Right, and I and love like I, that we're going to argue. But okay. I'll tell you what. I meant it when I said this made me excited about filmmaking it. I okay. so I remember watching it, and that's why like what I want to do is part of this podcast is present films that kind of have disappeared or are lesser known. That's part of it, mm-hmm. but that are solid. And so when I rewatched it again, I got so excited again, and I saw so much more than I had previously. Part of that is. Uh, this is going to sound cocky, but toot my own horn. But I've become more skilled um, because I've taken my writing now and I've directed, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been part of more productions. So I understand how difficult it is to make something of perfection. Um, and I've seen so many more things. And this is just so uniquely done and let me explain or let let me talk some of it like i said it is near impossible to have a perfect score perfect editing perfect acting all this around an incredibly tight story and i say tight story yet uniquely done and what i'm saying is the first five minutes of this film we don't see joaquin phoenix's face it's shot from like uh, chest down, the majority of it is uh, close-ups. So it's a mm-hmm. series of close-up shots. And that can get really old and ridiculous if it's not done well. But because of the ambient sound that they're using and kind of, uh, I've always saying air on the side of subtlety. And the way they have the ambient sound mixed with the musical score and not a lot of musical score, it's, it, it's perfection. But so for the first five minutes, we only see Joaquin Phoenix covered in a bag, right? And then after that five minutes, we finally see that character. Mm. But we're following this character around. Um, you hear his footsteps when, when he's walking, which again, all of this stuff can be ridiculous, but it's so perfectly done. And every single moment is developing this character we're learning more about this character as it goes and i don't want to i want to be careful that we don't give certain things away okay but but what i'll say is for the first almost 20 minutes of film it is it's not until 20 minutes that we actually find out what he his really his job is and his intent is 20 minutes but when I looked at that, the minutes, so five minutes before we see the character's actual face and physique, and then 20 minutes before we discover who he is, before that 20 minutes, you think that this guy could be a serial killer. And we're not going to, I don't even want to tell the audience maybe that 
is he a serial killer or is he not a serial killer? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in that? Did you not think, did well, no. you not feel like this guy could be a serial killer or is he a serial killer? I'll be honest, that thought didn't pop into my head. It didn't. It didn't, but I can see where you're coming from because when we spoke on the phone uh, last week, uh, I mentioned this is more of a psychological movie than yeah. really like action thriller or whatever you want no, to call it. No, absolutely it is. It, it is more about you finding out the current mental state of the character and how he got to be there and... Um, also, like, where he's going, I, yeah. I think, towards the end, I think. Perfectly stated. Great articulation. Yeah. yeah, it's about who is this character? What What is he? Uh, what drives him? What, mm-hmm. you know, what is his uh, backstory? And you learn, the, you learn the backstory pretty quick, which still you don't know. Zero core not. Now, the reason I say zero core, I thought that was obvious. The first shots are, um, it's a hotel room. And you see the chain up with a girl's name. I think it was Shelly. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, it's almost like a serial killer collecting items. Right. And he burns a picture um, and he throws it in a trash can and, th- and throws a Bible. Again, these are all close ups. And we're not even seeing the character, we're just seeing the things that he's holding. Mm-hmm. And then he wipes off the bed, um, he wipes off a hammer that was clearly bloodied. Um, and then he throws that in the trash and then again, footsteps down, down the hallway. And then this was brilliantly done. Do you remember the shot where he's walking into the hotel lobby and you, all of a sudden you see police lights. So Mm -hmm. he has to go further into the lobby, but it's, it's the point of view. So the camera's moving. You're not, it's not over the shoulder or anything. That's the camera. Yep. And then the camera backs out when he sees the police lights and he goes out the back door. Again, we hear his footsteps. And then there's a mugger out there that yeah. tries to like take him, and that totally we're, we continue to develop this character because we show that he's fully capable. Like the guy sneaks up behind him, hits him with this like billy club, and he turns around and immediately takes control of the situation and headbutts the dude, and the dude falls to the ground and pukes, and then he turns around and he starts walking towards again. I think that's the point where we see the full. Um, piece or the, the full body shot, the full body shot mm-hmm. in his face, um, but that's five minutes into the film before you see that. And I love, I love that uh, the the director is letting the story slowly unfold. But at no, at, at, there's not one second that I'm bored or that I'm not like enthralled with what's happening because the shots are strong, cinematically interesting. Um, but you're learning about the character in every single moment mm-hmm. um, by the close-ups and, and what's taking place. Does that does that make sense? That's yeah. why I think yeah. the audience stood up and was like, "What the? We haven't seen anything like like honestly." Mm-hmm. Watching this a second time, um, I haven't seen anything this good since No Country for Old Men. Hands down, <laughs> they're up in the air, but that's how good I. And think that's like your all-time is. favorite. Yes, it is. Movie. It's in my top five, which completely expands <laughs> now. This is in the top five, too. So, shoot. Go ahead. Do whatever. Argue um, against or just continue no, the story. I would, I definitely like that shot. They were just with, a, um, with the camera walking, the, the point of view of the camera, backing up, and it shows him standing there. Um, I... And again, this is one of those... 
info snippets that I was telling you about that I read. Um, but you're going to comment on why you didn't think this was worthy of a seven-minute applause. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe it's just, I'm not speaking for anyone else out there who's No, but I want you to movie. talk to... You weren't enthralled with the shot. You weren't like the whole time... Yeah, I mean, I wasn't at the edge of my seat going like, holy shit, oh my god. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, this is like proper filmmaking. Yeah. I enjoyed the story and definitely the, like, the character study of, um, oh shit, what's, not Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Joe. Joe, his character's name. Um, I definitely wanted to see more of the backstory and the reason... Let me take this back. So back to the little yeah, snippet. Yeah, I'm I getting read. ready to jump on you. <laughs> the what I read is, and I don't know if it's true. Again, I, there's no way to verify it unless you contact the director directly. Um, it said that uh, is it Lynn or Lim Ramsey? Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Ramsey, Ramsey, the director, said that they submitted it unfinished, and it was even screened unfinished. Uh, whether or not that's true, I cannot verify it but i can kind of see it at least for myself because i definitely there were aspects with the story that i yeah but you saw the finished version regardless i don't think it was i don't think it was unpolished no no, no. that's you know not what I mean? I mean what i mean is like there was i think they were either wanting to tell more for sure or there was stuff that was just left on the cutting floor uh in the editing room in terms of his backstory. Stop pounding the table. I'm not pounding the table. But I can hear it. We're picking it up. It's fine. All Go right. Ahead. All right. Continue with your thoughts. His backstory. Put your hands on your knees or your lap. There you go. Anyway, um, his backstory. I want to see. I think there was more to tell about his upbringing and the relationship that he clearly had with his clearly mental and abusive father yes and then more with the uh, government officials in the sex trafficking ring i didn't <clears> want <throat> any of that I, the, I one of the reasons i loved this film was because they didn't overdo it they didn't spoon feed us they didn't because look so we're going to tell the audience one of the things that this character does is he puts a plastic bag over his head and he counts or he breathes with the plastic bag he's going and it's like, at first you don't know if he's being choked, the very first shot, but then you see that this is a thread of yeah. how this character in part kind of deals with life or something he has to yeah, do coping mechanism. to kind of calm down. So he yeah. puts a bag over his head and he breathes. And then we have flashback shots yeah. very quick, like maybe a second, sometimes not even a second, of a little boy um, eventually into the film, we see the little boy doing the same thing that he's doing now as a grown man. Yeah. And that that was enough for me to immediately know this, this guy is troubled from his past, abusive past. But the, so Lynn Ramsey, uh, she did the, uh, the, the screenplay of this. This was a novel. She did the screenplay yep. of it and she wrote yep. it perfectly because how she threads that. It's just enough for us to know and telling us at the right times when we need to know. Eventually, it's threaded. Yes. We see the mom underneath the coffee table. Right. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that relationship. But we see yeah. the mom under the coffee table and she's telling the kids, shh, 
like be quiet because dad's upset and she doesn't want the dad to know that she's under the coffee table and he has what do you remember what he told him the hammer the hammer which is the weapon of choice of this guy who we're not sure is he a serial killer what is he he's definitely a killer but what is he doing so is he emulating his father but what i'm saying is i thought this was perfectly threaded and I thought she taught, she taught, she treated the audience, she treated us as intelligent and didn't like force feed this. And okay, I am yeah. so sick of films relying on the flashback. No, but right, but you can argue against. But but, yeah. but it was it was perfect. And, it, and there there's definitely things in the film. So I watched this three freaking times, like just of recent. So I remembered it from the past. I watched it again. Got super excited about it. And then watched it two more times after that. Not completely, but two times through. And there are a few things that I was confused about. Like the government officials. Who's who. But but we didn't need to know. Like you can go back and look. What I'm saying is. It was better to keep us guessing in a good way. Because keeping us guessing in a bad way I hate. Keeping us guessing in a good way. But knowing enough. That. The story proceeds because the story is ultimately about this dude, right? It's ultimately about Joe, Joaquin Phoenix, and like how he's navigating what he went through in the past and what he's doing now. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to fight anything you just said because it was was right. But because it's so good, I wanted to see more. And I would have rather gotten like more flashbacks... Than like, hey, three years from now we're making like a prequel to you never really hear yeah, about the whole prequel. I, I know, I know, but like, and there's cases where they do that, the and thing, it's like, though, and I, and when I like groove you through because do it if they if they put more in or too many, then you you're boring us or you're destroying the film or you're taking away from what's happening next. So we still got to keep the story propelling forward, yeah, and we still have to. Like, keep us entertained about what's happening. But I, I didn't need any more. I was like, God, it was so nice to have a film where you just do enough instead okay. of overdoing it. Well, we're not all you, Blaze. No. Yeah, that's true. You're well, I'm just saying, I think it could have added a different layer to the character. And the outcomes could have been different if we would have gotten more of his, his background. Like, Disagree. Okay. Okay. Were you going to say like? Well, that being said... Um, some of the flashbacks weren't of his upbringing, and some I didn't get it until actually towards the end, or maybe the last flashback. They established that he served in the army. Yeah, with the flashback. real quick. Yeah, with only like, a couple of flashbacks, and um, like we're talking super quick. Yeah, two two yeah, yeah. army officers hugging, dancing, which was awesome, and also is a thread that we see later in the film. So, do you want? Well, I was going to say, that relates to uh, how they establish with what his, like, job is currently, yes. what he's doing, which is basically a private investigator slash fucking, I don't know, murder. Are we going to ruin the film because it unfolds the way it does? I don't know. I mean, we just talked about how, so, how much it's more of a character-driven yeah. movie than, like... What well, his occupation what's is. What's so cool is that those real quick... I mean, we're talking... 
these aren't a, a minute long flashbacks. They're like seconds. D- yeah, seconds, seconds at the most happen. 15 seconds, but yeah. one of the things they do to establish that this guy has experience. So they they slowly establish that as a kid he had an uh, his father was really abusive or the boyfriend was abusive to him and his mother and you don't even find out about the mother till like later on. We don't even know how the boy's being abused. We just hear screaming, yelling yeah. and the kid in the closet holding a um, yeah. bag over his head. And then we do this real quick flashback of him in the, uh, serving in the, the Iraq war. It has to be Iraq or Afghanistan. It's because, gotta be. Because, yeah, because of the setting. And th- that is like two seconds of two soldiers dancing. They're, they're hugging each other dancing. And then, a clo- again, a close-up of a man handing a candy bar through the fence. This is one of the things that I didn't catch right away. I didn't understand. I thought he was actually the one shot. And it's not him. Did you and know it, that? It makes you kind of think it. Okay, good. Because um, then there's like shots in the uh, in between the those scenes where he takes his shirt off and you see scars, you know, over his body. So I, I could see where people would think that. But then they establish who it right. really was and what had happened. Um, and it does another great job of establishing his relationship with kids and his sympathy for kids. Absolutely good. So do you want to tell tell the audience what like that scene we actually see? Okay, so the scene is, yeah, again, with Iraqi, where he hands through the fence, uh, like a Snickers, to one of the kids. There's like, I think, two kids. And I guess an older kid comes along. And yeah, he's like, so it's it's a close-up of, and this is what part of my excitement yeah. about the filmmaking, a close-up of just handing a, a candy bar through a, a chain-link fence. Yep. Um, another hand takes it. You don't even see it's a boy. Um, and then... It's another cut to that you do see the boy's face, and then it's another cut to where another boy is saying, "Give me the candy bar." Go ahead. Yeah, uh, and after that, you hear like I think it goes like black for a second. You hear the gunshots, and then the older boy with the gun runs away. Yeah, and you find out he shot the younger right. kids for the candy bar. They show the older boy with the. Right. And so I didn't catch this in my second viewing. Of the film. I don't mm-hmm. know if I remember it from the first time. So it was the third time that I figured out it wasn't him. I thought we were doing flashbacks of him, like he got shot in, in the sand. And well, because they've been doing so many, it's all flashbacks yeah. only for, of right. Joe. You right. would think, yeah. oh, did he get like shot in while but serving? Go ahead and tell the audience what this establishes about the character. The, the yeah, military so I, background. <clears throat> so he, Yeah, so he's got this military background, which then made me think, do you... Is there a possibility his father, as demented and abusive as he was, could he have been a military It's possible, but, that, but well? that's not in the story I know, I know, but which would lead to why he chose that path, though. Of, you know, sir, then he served himself, and then he has yeah, this job. Yeah, that's, all right, that's okay. reading into it. All right, all right. But Guess maybe we can't he went into the military to escape. Yeah. Possibly. Could, yeah. Right. But, but it establishes that the sympathy he has for kids. And? You're right. Because I interrupted you. You were about yeah. to say. His ability. His it, it, his ability in handling any kind of situation. It's mm. kind of funny because it reminded me of our argument where, or where we were talking about Patterson. And that he's, a, he's got a military background and he can yeah, yeah. handle in the situation. But that, oh, yeah. those quick shots, like less than... You know, a series of close-ups and one, one, not even a second of two officers dancing, tells us this guy 
it is got military experience, so it makes him more capable in the job that he's doing, yeah. which is either. I don't know well, if we should tell. Well, I think the intro established that when he headbutts the shit out of that mugger. Right. You're well, like, it shows oh, that, that he's capable, but then it is nice to get this little backup of, okay, okay. Th- like if we didn't have any reason to know that he's skilled. And then there's another thread that shows that he further, he goes from the military to what? Do you remember that? Um, that I don't. Okay, oh, so here's one? another brilliant shot. We've got, he's walking down the street mm-hmm. and he's... Uh, like continuing investigating, finding out where this uh, missing girl is, mm-hmm. and he's going down the street. And <clears throat> this is brilliant for so many reasons. There's, um, I think they're they're South or Korean. I think they're Korean girls. But there's a group of Korean girls on the mm. corner, and they so, ask yes. him to take a picture. Yes. And he's an introverted dude that does not. Again, another character mm-hmm. that doesn't like interact with people in the public. And there's another beautiful part of that too. But he doesn't interact, and he doesn't want to interact. He doesn't want to be known, and there's reasons he doesn't want to be known. But yeah. this girl's asking to take a picture, and he takes the camera reluctantly, and he turns and he looks at him, and then it's close-ups of their mouths. You don't even see the eyes of the girls. It's their mouths, and they're smiling, but it also looks like they could be screaming, or it's kind of horrific. And then we go yes. from that to that. a flashback yes. of a fucking back of a semi- Oh, I thought real it was quick one, shot. I thought it was one of those ship containers. It could have. It could have been. Yeah, ship That's container. Like. But they're opening up yeah. a container, and it goes so, from him seeing their mouse to the the back of the ship container. Not again. Not even a second. Close up. Unlatch and just a quick snap of FBI. Yeah. FBI hat. Yeah. And then we see uh, uh, like a bunch of just dead girls and a dead girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, some I, 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 don't, I couldn't tell if they were Korean too. I think they were they were definitely of an Asian mm-hmm. uh, background, but it's a whole trailer full of dead people, which states further this character's experience. So mm-hmm. he's got even you know more. So he goes from the military to this. Uh, so you know, and now he's like, he's kind of it's he has a handler basically. Yes, that gets him these jobs. Um, yeah, just again like these close-ups in these quick shots and it's just enough giving us just enough information to know more about the character and mm-hmm. uh, developing further um where do you want to go from there and you want to talk about him and his mom you want to yeah talk sure about or should we talk yeah yeah let's talk about because honestly that was probably my second favorite character there really aren't a lot of characters in this movie to begin with to there's be honest a ton. it's and like again, him and his mom really yeah but there's there's his handler yeah. Um, there's the guy that hires him, and then there's the uh, yes. the people that deal the the money between his handler and him. Mm-hmm. Remember the store owner and this little yes. boy? Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, really, yeah, yeah, That's a cool element, too. And again, it's like, we only see the handler... Two scenes? One two, scene? two scenes, and what happens and how developed he is, it's it's amazing. And how like their relationship, and the same with the store owner and the kid. Yeah. But yeah, let's go, let's go to the mom. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed, again, which made me want to see more of their background. Like, uh, honestly, I was like, through the movie, I'm like, yeah, we're getting these flashbacks of how he, what his upbringing was and what abuse they went through. But then I was like, well, what the hell happened to the dad? Like, they never mentioned what, how he got out of the picture. He's just never there anymore. And you're like, well, did he leave him? Did they, did he snap and kill him? 
like you have these questions that are like coming up. It's like I wish Which we would have done more. Part of the entertaining part of the film. So you're juggling. Yeah. A lot of times it's a director. So one of the Pinkney Benedict, one of my um, graduate professors, used this analogy that I love, and it's the spinning plates. So if you think of threads or parts of a story and even characters, they're all a plate and you're spinning them, right? And you got to keep spinning them. And his point was, you can have too many plates and this stuff's all going to come falling down and it's not going to work. But in this example, it's kind of the audience is spinning those plates and trying to remember what's going on with the dad. Like, I know that he's got this relationship with his mom, but we haven't seen that. We haven't seen the dad and we don't even, I don't even think we even see the dad till the relationship with the mother is established. And then we start getting more of those flashbacks. So we're left. It's part to me. It was part entertaining. It was, it was a uh, brainy, intelligent storytelling because we're thinking that, but we're not given all the pieces yet. We have to wait for these pieces to come along. And it wasn't distracting to me. It was, again, I felt like finally a director's treating us, a storyteller and director's treating us as intelligent. You know, it's a fair take. I don't, again, me, me personally, I would have wanted to like maybe get like a, a passing like conversation about like where he is now or like what had happened or, you know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Ray anyway, wants to be spoon fed, audience. I do want to be spoon fed. I enjoy that once in a while. <laughs> No, well, it'd be cool too, like people that watch it or listen yeah. to this. Well, another cool thing about it is we never see the father's face. Yeah, it's never. It's only his like waist now. Yep, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's another director technique, little statement, and kind of reminds us of the first five minutes of the film where we don't see, you know, his waist down too. Yeah. But no, I like the relationship between. Um, him and his mother, you can definitely tell they're both, like, they're still recovering. Like, they have been damaged so much. She's maybe in, what, her late, maybe, like, 70s? He's, I mean, walking is from his isn't, 60s, isn't young, 70s. so. Yeah. Or maybe it just could be the wear and tear of what he's been through. But her, they're both still broken. But even though they don't have that kind of interaction, they have that kind of broken interaction. They don't know how to really interact with one another. They do have like these little jabs and jokes that they kind of awkwardly do. Very awkward. They're, they're both like, I, I guess, socially awkward. I, I guess that's the best term that I can come up with. They're but, weird. But they're weird, they're but they weird. love each other. They do. They like, love each other. But I don't know if I should interject now or whatever. No, go for it. Again, the that first the first moment we meet the mom, the old the old version of the mom. Um, we've already seen the scene where he has a hammer and we don't know what the fuck is going. Did yeah. he just kill somebody? Yeah. Um, he killed somebody, but we don't know who. Mm-hmm. And he threw away these, what generally a serial killer would collect, a necklace, a picture, things like mm-hmm. that. He throws them away. And then we he's going and he's in the house with his mom. And he's, the way he gets into the house is kind of a side entrance. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go through the front door. But their interactions are weird she's she's watching psycho when she comes in and she pretends that she's sleeping yeah. and she's not yeah and he takes her glasses off and the way they like kind of 
touch each other yeah. it's like freaks me out and i think well your like first thought is like is this gonna go where i think it's gonna go right. it, well it's like up. are you psycho are you is yeah, this yeah, a yeah. representation of psycho yeah. which you know everybody says that or whatever but that it, the internet they're weird it but then it's goofy and then it goes where go ahead you well oh um yeah again you find out that they really do care for each other and there was this aspect with the mom for a second that i thought they were giving her maybe like alzheimer's she was developing alzheimer's or something i thought the same a thing. little bit of memory loss right. um because there was scenes where she's using the bathroom and like water's running but she's looking for her toothbrush and she's asking these weird questions right and um so you kind of i don't know you you grow more sympathetic towards both of them clearly you do and, and yet you're still guessing like, was she an enabler? Mm-hmm. Like, is she part of the abuse? You're still like, you don't know. It's like weird. And it could be. Right. Right. Well, yeah. You, you think like, oh, she was broken because of her husband. Then she took it out on him. Right. So this is weird fucking yeah. thing going on. Um, yeah. And I think I thought that was explored pretty well. And there was a beautiful... I thought... We want to... Go ahead. What? Talk about it. Do we want to spoil that part? Which which part? The it's a the only burial scene. I I don't know because I want to talk about it because the cinematography really fucking cool. and it, fucking incredible. It was great. Right? It was great. And it was the uh, and it was the only shot. We can talk about the burial scene without saying how. Well, let's not tell the audience how she dies. How about that? Oh, but just we'll just said. say no. Well, we're telling we're telling the audience <laughs> she dies. Okay, and he buries her. We're not going to say she hey, dies. You don't know if he did it. Who did it? Right, right. We know so, in the film, but we're not going to tell yeah. you, audience, because so, we're not we're film dicks. We're film we're dicks, man. Dicks. We're not dicks. So good. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought it was a beautiful scene. The only scene that was done outside the city in a nature setting. And the coolest part was the shot in the water where you have um, basically just enough ray of light and the water reflecting down. I mean, it was, I don't want to say on the nose symbolic, but like there was the light. He, certain someone was (laughs) going down, dropped into the darkness of you know the depths of the water and then they go back up i'm just i'm talking in terms of like the cinematography and yeah. what they were going for it was like really beautiful and i was like god I'm, that's one of the notes i made for sure i was like i gotta talk about this scene because it's so uh, incredible and it, like, it was really it was like well so done. so he takes his mother mm-hmm. who's dead from her home mm-hmm. he, she he puts her in a blanket he's in the back seat of the car sure. and they show a shot of him in the car and he's got the window rolled down and the, the she's in kind of like a, a bag. She's in a blanket and a bag. And the the wind's blowing the bag. And it's like, you know it's the head. Which seems like gross. And, it, but, and it's kind of freaky. But it's also like he's letting the wind hit her. And he like even looks and he hears, you hear the sound. Again, the ambient sound. The use of sound in this, it's, it's like nothing else. It's it's as good as No Country for Old Men. It reminded me of No Country for Old Men just using ambient sound, even though they also had a score and musical parts. They were very limited. 
But the sound of that. And then you're right. It's one of the few scenes where he's outside of the country. He's, he's in the country. And he collects stones. And you hear the stones. Do you remember that part? Yes. Where you hear the stones being stacked on yeah. one another. And it's like click, click, click. And he takes these stones. And he takes his mother. And he's wearing a suit, which right. is really interesting. He dressed up for her. And he takes her. He slowly walks her into the water. And then he starts... He just, walks down and he becomes submerged as he walks in. Mm-hmm. And then, as Ray was talking about that incredible, there's a shot of light in this green, dark water, mm-hmm. and he's sinking with his mom in his arms. Yeah. And then he lets her go, and then she sinks down. And then, I think we can talk about that. The, so there's strands of her hair that are poking through, which was brilliant too, because if it was just a bag, we wouldn't feel the same thing we would with mm-hmm. little strands of hair poking out of the bag. And then we see, he sees the image of a girl. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 he no longer sees the mom in the bag that's sinking below him. And he's right. sinking too. You, you, we suddenly see a girl who looks up and she's still sinking and she's kind of asking for help. Mm-hmm. And that wakes him up because we kind of think that he might be committing suicide. Did you oh, I for sure or? thought he was so, like, okay, cool. I thought like he was. Um, I just, it's weird that he, like, the whole concept of the way he chose to, like, bury her, or what kind of bury he was going for, I'm like, Athena, is there anything behind this? It's so non, like, I don't want to say normal, but not your typical, like, But so burial. fucking cool. But it was like, cool. I hope when I die, somebody loves me enough to do something like that. I just loved it. You just want to be fish food. No. I'll be fish food, or <laughs> I'll be hawk food. Put me on a... Funeral pair and no, no. tire in the middle of the desert. And let the you know, give me a it was no Indian barrow and let the freaking hawks feed off of me. Hell yeah! No, it was it was cool. I loved it. Um, I, I definitely thought again going back to the relationship with his mother. He loved her that much. She was kind of one of his staples of like in life. Absolutely. So he lost her, and, and the way he lost her, which we're not gonna we're gonna we're spoil, not gonna tell. but. Which is cool. This is so cool that we're not talking because yeah. you don't know. I thought that was one of his like breaking points. Yes, like a really well, big like. So here's the point question: point. I think he was going to commit suicide. Yeah. Like you, so yeah. audience doesn't know. You don't know for sure. Was he trying to kill himself? I think that the purpose or the intention of the director was to show he was thinking about killing himself. He had rock. Well, that's why he dressed. His, that's why he dressed up. Yep. You said it was for his mom. I was thinking it was for his own funeral, too. Uh, maybe. I thought it was for his mom first, maybe, yeah. But he had stones in his pockets, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's only after the mom that he sees, like, he sees this girl that yeah. needs help that he starts to unload the stones out of his. And there's this moment where you don't know if he's going to get up. He's he's going to make it to get out in time. Well, he, what happens is, he, is first he, he hears her voice. So we've established that he's met that girl that he sees in the vision yes he's already met her and he hears her voice uh and then sees the vision of her uh in his mom's place and that's when he starts undoing uh, the rocks, undoing the rocks. Right. and then that's when there's that beautiful kind of slow-mo uh scene where he's swimming up the ray of light towards the surface right. of the water but at first like, you don't know if he's gonna make it like it seems like he's struggling you can't tell true. you do have that yeah. and we can talk about so this is perfect he's hired his handler calls mm-hmm. him up and says, "Hey, I got fifty thousand bucks, and I'm gonna and this establishes their relationship. I'm gonna pull my old Bessie out. It's a, like a, a yacht, and I'm gonna take you and me, 
we're gonna have a steak dinner and you go. So you know that they're kind of tight. Yeah. And he says we get fifty grand, and the the money that they're getting is to go and find this girl. So we we're not telling the audience like what does he do with the girl, what happens. You're gonna see that unfold. But he's definitely hired to go and get this girl out of the hands of of somebody else. I think we can say to get her out of a sex ring. She's, well, yeah, she's I mean, been kidnapped yeah. and in this yeah. thing. So he's hired to do that. But you still don't we still don't know. Like the audience doesn't know at, at least is he a serial killer? What's he going to do with this girl? But in that scene where his mother is dead and he goes to bury her, it's that girl that he sees that makes yeah. him decide I'm not going to end it here. And then what I fucking loved was once again the incredible use of ambient sound. He's walking out of the water, and he's like, all of course, soggy, soaking yep. wet. And you hear his soggy shoes on the gravel. On the gravel. He's yeah. walking. And this is the first time in the whole film that he walks fast. So he has a purpose, right? Mm. It's a purpose that drives him to keep going. And it's like, and he like comes into the frame, and he gets bigger, and he's like, you can see he's pissed, and he's going to do something. And he's got the the swollen face. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a nice so fucking cool. job with that. They did okay. such a good job. And so. I love that continuity. Yeah, it was incredible in this. And that he he gets shot, and you don't know exactly how. Like this, we'll tell you how. We can tell how well, now. But he gets shot, and they from the time he gets shot on, his face slowly well, swells uh, up. That's, he's driving around with a swollen face. It's getting infected as it continues. Well, was it that or okay? So the establishment. So. He gets the girl the first time. She gets taken away from him. Right. As he's about to deliver her back to her uh, her father. So he's that. basically set up. Go ahead. So he yes, he's set up. The girl is taken. Oh, yeah. I talk with my hands. Use your man. hands, but not on the table. Um. So yes, yeah, so he has the girl. He's about to drop her off to her father. Uh, he gets set up, and uh, she gets taken away from him again. Uh, in that, f- there's in the, a fight scene ensues. Well, a fight, uh, a fight ensues within that scene yep. after the girl's taken away, and I th- was it was he shot or because he pulled out a tooth? They show he was shot. He, he, he we find out, out later, but we don't know. Again, there's so much thread uh, threads within threads are one of the the um, I guess uh, a motif in this film is you don't always. Like we didn't know that he was shot till later on, but we do find out he's shot. Um, there's there's actually a hole that you can see, and uh, he says to his handler, "I got shot in the face." He's like, I thought he was exaggerating when he said that. Yeah, no, I, okay. I, that's when I discovered that he did. But we didn't know until because he does pull out a tooth with a pliers in an alleyway, which is Th- that's cool. what I thought caused the swelling. Yeah, and you know what I thought it was. So we'll we'll talk about this scene. So he goes and gets this girl, and he's getting paid to get this girl. So he gets her in a brutal scene. We can talk about the scene when he gets her. This is fucking brilliant. It's one of the best. It's one of the best things I've seen done in film. But then he's in a hotel room, waiting for the senator that hired him to get his daughter. Yes. He's waiting for that guy to show up and get his daughter, and then they learn in the hotel room. That the senator is killed, that her father is killed, and then two new New York cops come in, and they're obviously paid because they got a silencer on their gun, so he knows, oh shit. But the way they do it is the guy, the 
that's running the hotel knocks on the door. They open the door, and he thinks it's the father there, but it's this hotel guy, and they shoot the guy. So a bullet comes through that guy. All of his, the blood of his face goes on Joe Joaquin Phoenix. And I thought maybe it was a fragment of that guy's face or skull went into <laughs> his. That's what I thought. I really yeah, did. Because okay. he's got the blood. And then they take the girl, and then he fights off the cop and he gets shot in that, but we don't, it's not obvious that he got shot in that struggle yeah. until later when he tells the handler, I got mm -hmm. shot. And then we see him when his face is getting swollen and he, it's, his face is swollen till the very end of the film after that point. But, um, yeah. What do you, do you want to talk more about that scene or you want to talk about what happens before? Well, I was going to, it's going to go off of you saying that it was like the, um, the way he gets her back the first time. Um, I don't know. It wasn't that special to me. The way I like the way they did it. I like the, the way they implemented the security cameras in the building and the little shots that they did with it. Yes. yes. Um, which then reminds me. Um, another thing I read is that in the novel, apparently the character Joe uses more than like a bunch of different equipment. Yes, is what I it thought that was really cool. But it was, uh, Lynn came out and said that Joaquin insisted that he only used yep. a hammer. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I thought it was great because, well, again, what I love about this film is it, they treat us intelligently. They don't – they're not – she's not borrowing too much off of other films, etc. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that later if we get to it. But she, this is unique. This is her fucking baby and the, the – you know – the magnitude of uh, close-ups and one shot after another, like developing this character and what we have to figure out on our own as it unfolds. Um, I, what was, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> my point. Whether, so the character Joe in the novels uses more yes, equipment. I thought it was brilliant. And I thought it was, well, I thought Joaquin was brilliant for suggesting because I don't want to see, you know, it goes back to, you know, I teach, uh, uh, script writing films production and um fucking media studies and one of the things that always stuck with me and you're gonna hear this on many podcasts you've already heard me say it is over 80 percent of what we see we've already seen that it's reused from somebody else's and i know that's part of human nature but what i want to see when i see film or my favorite films are things that are unique or done uh, fresh, something that's fresh that we haven't seen before. But too often we rely on what we've seen in something else. So I love that they didn't spend a lot of time with putting on gloves before he goes to kill, or you know what I mean, or like uh, plastic around him, you know, something from American Psycho, etc. So I thought Joaquin was being smart and saying, God damn, this script is tight. Um, it's fresh and this part is not fresh. This is like duplicating something else and we're, we're wasting our time. We could spend it on doing something else. So I liked okay. it, but you didn't. That's cool. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I mean, I, I, again, because that would have, that would have been more in a way tieable to the fact that he's like ex military, ex FBI gloves? or CIA. Not gloves, just like gloves more, FBI, yeah. more equipment, like more than just a hammer, like to kill people. You know what I yeah. mean? That, that would have been more of like a tying the threads together. But I okay, you. I get it. If no, 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 I got you. But what I think is, 
it it develops his character further because he's like fuck it I'm not doing that like he doesn't care enough kind of about himself um to, to cover up and he's just like I'm used to this shit which makes me think that he killed his father I'm pretty certain he killed his father but that's why I liked it I was like fuck it this guy is raw so he has the address the senator gave him the address mm -hmm. and he's driving down the street and he looks you, you see the address first it's a wooden door and this was like again so reminiscent of Jeffrey Epstein's sicko apartment in New York it looked a little bit like it which did they know I mean, again, this was done in 2017. The film was completed in 2017. Epstein doesn't get arrested the second time to 2019. So that freaked me out. Somebody knew something, I think. There's no way they didn't know. Well, it makes me want to research the writer, like himself. Did he talk to FBI dudes, or did somebody know something, or did he have experience? But anyway, getting back to the film, he drives past, sees the address, sees the little globe that it's being filmed. Mm. Boom. Races down. And then the next shot is... He's on the corner a little further down, and he's using his rearview mirrors. Um, he's adjusting his side mirrors so that he can watch it. Um, and then he he's just sitting there, and then they show. It's how he spends his free time is fucking phenomenal, too. And it's real quick, but they show it. Like, he's got his head hanging out the window. It's raining. You hear the rain, and he sticks his head out, and he's like, he wants to feel the rain. Um, and then he finally sees that there's a kid that's going up. And the kid goes inside, and then he waits, and he waits like a long time before the kid comes back out. He tackles tackles the sucker. I love that shot before that. He opens both doors and leaves them open, and we're left seeing that. Like, she keeps the camera on the, the car door. with yeah. the doors, and you just hear him tackling. He's like, hold on a second. He goes, Do you got, can you tell me where this is? Yeah, and then you yeah. hear him tackle him, and then the next shot, he's fucking throwing the kid in the thing and pulling out the tape. Yeah, and before that, when he was in the car, he was unraveling the duct tape, getting ready for for this guy, and then he gets the information he needs, mm -hmm. and then the very next series of shots, he's inside, and they're using the the kind Secu of black and white footage, grainy footage, the security cameras, security cameras yeah. in the thing, and he found out from the kid there's two security guards, and you just see this guy, big husky, walking Phoenix. With a fucking hammer. And they don't show the whole thing, which I love again. Like, I, I'm, I'm so sick of gratuitous violence or overdone shit. They just show him, like, the side. that You see that this guy's approaching. You just see him raise his hammer and fucking bring it down. But you don't even see the hit. And then you see him do it. And then the next guy, he's over the top with both hands, like, just fucking nailing him. And then we see, then it's the next floor... And all the while, we have um, music that's playing. It must be playing in the in the uh, in, the, in the building in the oh, building. Yeah. But it's an old timey, yeah, 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 yeah. sweet. It's fucking weird. Creepy, but uh, song. And he's going around. Yeah. We're seeing this footage of the security guards. Um, he goes into one room where he earlier called it the. Where's the? Um, what do you say, honey? Where's the honey spot or the? Which is where they are fucking raping these girls basically so he goes into these doors and mm -hmm. you know the next scene you see is a naked guy like falling into the hallway that he fucking destroyed um a girl running out and then 
he thinks he finds the girl and he matches it up with the picture that the senator gave, which that's kind of a thread too, the little pictures, photos of these young women in there. Um, and then he, he takes her out. But that, that was so well done. I loved it that we see the security footage that's not over the top, um, you know, hammering a guy's head in or anything like that. Not that that can't be useful or good, but it's, it wasn't necessary for this. It was a move on to getting the girl, and then he took her in the thing. But, but did you want to say something about that? Well, I'm kind of leaning the other way. I think we could have seen a little bit more. Really? Yeah. I'm like, these are like, you're telling me, this is like, a, this is like not, like, this is like a sex trafficking headquarters where these fucking scumbags come to like right. rape little girls. I'm like, I feel like your security would be like more on point. I did. It, it I, seems yeah, like he takes yeah, him out with like enough. one hit kills. I'm fair like, enough. which again, I mean, he's ex-military, he's like ex-military. FBI, CIA, yeah, but I don't know. I would have enjoyed a little bit more of a struggle. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> again, I'm fine, man. But, I love right, okay, okay. The, the subtlety and the quickness and the bam. Let's yeah. let's move on to that. But that's cool. Like it's hilarious that we, okay we have those differences. You I know. honestly would have loved to see a scene. <laughs> again from the like from the like security cameras where like one dude's just standing guard in his place and like the security like the a body of another guy just falls like <laughs> fucking like right next to him he's oh, like what the fuck yeah that's know. you and your little that's four, me four, and my race 14 year old yeah action 12 probably yeah 12 year old i would be cool i don't know for the silly action but that's that that's fair i mean that's you know you, you, one of the films I want to do next is Sicario, and you, you, you know you can interject whenever you want. I haven't seen that one, but, but Sicario is fucking brilliant, and that definitely has a Don't lot more two? brutal. Yeah, there's yeah, it's oh my god, Benicio del Toro, one of my favorite actors. Josh Brolin oh, again, oh, I think oh, too. Fuck yes, just the incredible dudes. They're incredible dudes. But yeah. back to the story. Um, you want to say anything else about that, or you want to about that scene and yeah. in general? Uh, fun fact, the little first little girl that we see running out in the hallway is the director's daughter. That was, okay. <laughs> that's a little blurp there for you. Uh, other than fun that, fact. Fun fact. Um, no, they did, that Thank you, Ray, fucking, for that fun fact. You're quite welcome, please. Um, <laughs> this is my NPR voice. Um, yeah, they did a good job of fucking sleezing the fuck out of that disgusting place and playing that little child child song is fucking yeah it made you hate every single fucking person it's like an there. old country song I, I should have done the homework and figured out which one it was but it's an older um i don't know am yeah. radio song um, yeah no but 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 like it makes you fucking hate every single person in there and, yeah, you, and you're like sure. good i'm glad you took a hammer to the fucking head yeah and then, so then let's talk about. So he gets hired to this job, and this is before what we just talked about. Right. This is. He goes into a. Um, what, the, what, what the fuck kind of store is it? Um, tool store, like a. Come on, is that called a tool store? What's it fucking called? Where do you go to get tools? Hardware. Know. Fucking hard. Hardware store. He goes to a hardware store, and all the stores he goes into, by the way, are like. You know, five and dime, like older places, so that yeah. like he's not being filmed is one thing I'm sure. But that way, I love that. And again, this is another shot where we don't know. Like everything he gets is 
uh, serial killer merchandise for sure. Mm. Serial killer merch. But everything he gets is always the same thing. I think they establish that pretty well. They don't establish it right away. Right. You know, but you pick course. it up the same yeah. time. Oh, he always Absolutely uses right. the same. So he gets duct tape. And then the next thing is, again, brilliantly done. You hear him walking. He's down the aisle. And he's like, oh, there they are. The hammer. So you see a shot of him moving forward. And then it's a fucking another close up of three hammers. And then you have him like looking and you know that he's taking a sign like, which hammer should I use? And there's a wooden one and there's a rubber one. And he chooses the rubber one for a good fucking grip and <laughs> takes it. But I love that. I love that they show him to walking me, around the hardware store and then the, his, here's your choice of hammers. That's fucking, it's just brilliant. To me, I took that as a, um, a thread to the hammer that his father used. It, it is. It absolutely is. So his oh, fa- I was like, later oh. we see a shot again, waist down and his father's carrying it's a Look. wooden hammer. So yeah. one of the hammers that he could have chosen is very similar to the, the hammer that yeah. his father, and he, he doesn't choose. Not, not necessarily because of that, but um, it's fucking great. And again, her Lynn Ramsey, the director, her choice of uh, shooting like a mid, um, mid shot uh to very rarely does she do wides but she does she does them in the city um but she'll do a a mid close and then switching from shooting him to i don't think there's any over the shoulders which i thought was fresh too that was really unique i don't think there's a single except for the beginning shot and uh when in the intro when he's they do that cool little yeah, but but camera that's thing, but. Well, well. The camera's following him, but what yep. I mean is, it's not over the shoulder from one character talking to another. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't right? think I, I don't think there's one. one. No. There might be, but it's it's very sparse. But her selection and her shots, her shot selection, her choices—they're just fucking brilliant. So it goes from I'm going to do a mid close. And then I'm going to switch from that to his point of view. So he's walking into the frame, getting closer, and then I'm switching to... And some people could say, well, that's obvious, but it's not obvious. You know, this is all part of filmmaking that you, you know, you have to storyboard and you have to put the thought in it. And, and her choices and her shot selection is brilliant, it's unique, and it's fucking fresh. So I loved that we see him coming. And then we switch to his point of view and the, the hilarious stagnant. Okay, we're, we're somewhat staying. We're moving a little bit, but which hammer? Am I, yeah. it, it's just good shit. Yeah? Yeah. All right, man. Right on, bruh. That was it. We're signing off. Fuck yeah, All we're right, done. We're dude. signing off. We're, we're gonna done. drink some beer. We didn't even drink beer yet. What the fuck? And I, I'm the only one who ate fucking audience. Items, dude. Um, I'm not gonna have this wine. I'm gonna have some beer that Ray brought over. Some Modelo and uh, some, some weird new milk stout. It's something weird to me. Before, um, but yeah. Right on. Let's sign off then. Uh, I'm Ray Jorgov. I'm Blaze Weller, and we, we are, are the Film, film Dicks. Dicks. Yeah. And then just look into camera and freeze. It's okay, Joe.